Uh, today we have um, Stephanie on, and we've been trying to get Stephanie, I've been trying to get it together with her for over a year, I think now, right? Probably. I think it was like last year when COVID was going on, and I knew you weren't traveling as much. I was like, hey, you want to come do our podcast? And you're like, yeah, sure. And then, didn't you get COVID or something? So we had to cancel that one. then. Yeah. And then, like, then you started traveling again after you got better. And then, well, you finally here. We appreciate you coming on, taking time of your busy life for us. Absolutely. So tell us about yourself. Tell us about myself. That's an interesting one. Um, what do you want to know? Like, what do you do? Like, oh, yeah. Um, I run a chain of strip clubs for a living. I also throw big LGBT parties. I used to own a gay nightclub for eight years. And since then, I've just been doing special events, teaming up with LGBT charities and advocates to help them throw parties and do things like that as well. Do you miss your club that you had? I, that's an interesting question. I loved the the club. I loved everything I learned from it. I don't think I miss it at this point. Initially, sure, when I first stopped, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I wanted to do it all the time. But the older I get, the less I want to be in that scene. It was very dramatic. There was, you know... Living in the limelight, which sounds funny, but it's very true, because when you're in charge of something like that, you're constantly in the community and you're involved in everything every day. And, you know, there's not much time for a home life when you have something like that, especially in a community like that. You had to be part of it and be involved in order for them to want to be with you as well. We were all, you know, one. It it consumed me for a while. So I'm actually grateful that I don't I'm not consumed by work all the time anymore in that aspect. You know, at least I finally feel like I have a personal life. That's that's good. Because was it just all work the whole time? Yeah. I mean, when I owned the club, I lived downstairs from it, too. So, you know, it was just like you're right there on it all day, every day. It was upstairs. I was downstairs. If I was bored, I'd go upstairs and work, you know, if. There was stuff that had to be done. It was constantly there and on my mind. If people were there working, they were coming and knocking on my door. It just, yeah. So I love and don't miss it, though. When you would go on vacation when you had that club, like... There what, was no vacation. There's a, oh, okay. Oh, never mind then. Because no I was going to be like, was your phone <laughs> blowing up nonstop? I went on one questions? vacation for my 30th birthday. I was gone for seven days. Other than that, there was no vacations. Mm. No weekends off. No, and it, you had to be there all the time. That's just not way to live. It's like kind of like how when um, Wilbur and them had 152 and the spot and all that stuff before, you know, those guys were always, always working that I remember. Mm-hmm. It's just like there was never a time you didn't see one of those guys at at that bar. Well, I mean, when you're putting on literally an event every single day for society, and you've got so many moving parts, and they're so, you know, especially for Wilbur and 152, I mean, they've got food down there. They had three different stories they were doing, live bands, DJs on two different floors. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine that. I mean, we had a similar circumstance because we had the three separate compartments of rooms, but we didn't, they weren't separate. It was all one big building, so yeah, I couldn't was, imagine them. It was a lot of fun coming to those parties there when you all had them. And then the party you threw down the street from here, that was a lot of fun, too. Well, it's all about immersion. You know, when I'm putting these things together, I want people to remember it. I want you to come and I want you to have a blast. And I want it to be exciting and something that you haven't necessarily seen before or something that's always impressive. Yeah, like especially the parties at uh, Minglewood that y'all did. Oh, man. Those like, were... Was it New Year's Eve uh-huh. or like in June or whatever? 
I didn't do all, all of those. That was actually Friends for Life did most of those. I joined in with them on that New Year's Eve and was going to help them going forward. And then we hit COVID. Mm. Um, but they were doing all those. Uh, John Michael Alderson, he was their director and of community engagement. And he put most of those together initially. And they were they were awesome. And then yeah. I took he was getting ready to leave. And so I took over that New Year's Eve. That year. Oh, OK. Yeah. Like I remember they were had like people swinging from the the mm-hmm. ceiling at one of the parties. I was like, this is really cool. Man. What like, is that? Like, like that's QCG Productions. Um, QCG is owned and operated by a girl named Aubrey DePew, and their QCG stands for Queer Circus Group. Mm-hmm. They actually were born inside of Spectrum. Um, we, I had a guy come in who was a, a producer, and we were just talking about, you know, fun things that could happen in the club and things that would bring people back and memorable experiences. And he was like, you should do that whole New York vibe, you know, and just mm-hmm. have people flying from everywhere and da 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 So we did this Halloween, and um, my business partner, Kristen, at the time, she was dating Aubrey, and she knew these people that were doing all this aerialist work. And so I asked Aubrey, I was like, hey, you think you could put a team of people together so that I can have people just like flying from the ceilings and hanging out from yeah. everywhere and all that? And she was like, yeah, totally. And then after that, she was like, I think I'm going to put a business together for this. Mm-hmm. I was like, awesome, because you're going to be at every one of my parties. They're actually coming. <laughs> we're uh, shutting down all four of our clubs in Huntsville, Alabama, and throwing a big Christmas party uh, in a couple of weeks. And they're going to be our entertainment for that, too. Wow. And then uh, actually my sister became a part of it. And well, I mean, they just became part of the family. All of those aerialists and fun circus people, those, those people are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, it was really cool. It's, I mean, that still sticks out in my head and that was like over two years ago, I guess now. Yeah. That, 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 that party was just a lot of fun and, you know, I just really enjoyed it. And just the D, uh, DJ AD. Oh, AD rocks. She freaking murdered that shit the whole entire night man i was just like this is so fucking fun i remember we took the led wall and we split it in half so that the lower section where she was playing was in front of the back section and so it looked like she was inside the the led wall and this guy comes up and he's like stephanie where is ad because <laughs> like the lights would flash and you'd see like her shadow of her yeah. fro but you wouldn't see anything else i'm like she's on the stage man That's <laughs> he's so like cool. what i'm like yeah so how did you get into throwing parties um well so my dad has been in the strip club industry my entire life and he had this building downtown and I was a party kid. Mm-hmm. I liked to go out and have fun all the time. And I was all into lights and music. I didn't, I played around in DJing and things like that through college. And um, he was like, you know, there's these gay people that are trying to rent this building out. And I think you should come check it out. And that was the Spectrum building. And so I went down that night. Actually, I catered their party. Um, I worked for a Mexican restaurant at the time called uh, El Chico, Mm -hmm. and we did a catering for their party. And uh, when I walked in and saw the building, I was like, oh, I like this. This is cool. And so I went and grabbed a few of my friends. You know, I was in my early 20s at the time, and I was like, come check this building out because I think we could fucking do something with this. And um, so I started leasing the building out on the weekends and started throwing parties initially they sucked it was terrible like we we might get 30 people you Mm -hmm. know and we just kept doing it and kept doing it and then one year for pride that that year i decided i was like you know what 
we're just going to throw a free pride party. I'm not going to charge anybody anything. I'm not going to do anything. We're going to, I bought a phone machine through the first phone party in the city and just like threw a giant party for nothing. And we were slammed. Mm. And then after that, the rest was history. Like people just kept coming in and backstreet club. We closed down for a little bit, stopped throwing them for a little while. They wanted to turn that club into a full on strip club. And then I started working for the strip club company at that time. Also, I left the restaurant business and, went in and started doing internal auditing for the clubs after the guy saw that I was good at getting people to come to a a facility. And I was a corporate trainer uh, for the restaurants that I worked for. So he was like, I want you to come and train my managers. And I was like, I don't know about working for the strip club industry. That's not going to look good on my resume. (laughs) (laughs) And then here we are. Yeah. It's 14 years later. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'll ever need to give my resume out. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) So like, um, how did your dad get into the strip club industry then? Um, I mean, he got out of the army and just started running clubs. Has it always been in Memphis? No, all over the place. Oh, okay. All over the place, yeah. Wow. My mom was an entertainer. Uh, my stepmom was an entertainer. Um, so, yeah, it's been in the blood. I think that was why I was so apprehensive about it initially. Mm. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> When y'all, how many clubs, I mean, how many clubs y'all currently manage or own or whatever it's called? Uh, The company owns 33. I manage 13 of those. Wow. That's a lot. So where are all your clubs at? What states? Uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana. And they're all ponies? Mm Mm-hmm. So why well, no, they're not, not all the ponies. Oh, okay. So we've got in Huntsville, Alabama, we've got four different clubs. We have an, our original pony there, and then there, we bought the rights to the scores name. Mm. Um, and then we have one that's a country western strip club called Uncle Buck's Booby Bungalow, <laughs> which we have an annual biscuits and gravy wrestling every Thanksgiving Eve. I think we should go to that next year, wow. by the way. So the girls wrestle in gravy, and you throw the biscuits in as the tips. Where is this at? It's in Huntsville, Alabama. It's about three hours from here. Oh, it's not too bad. that sounds amazing. That's where Jim lives. Jim and oh, does he really? Yeah. And then we've got one called the Pony Two because it's like on the opposite side of town, so it's uh-huh. like T O O. And then we have a small concept called Pony Tales that's in Evansville, Indiana, and then another one that's called Pony Tees that's in um, East St. Louis. Wow. So everything else is a pony, though. That's legit. Yeah, I didn't know that was that. Y'all had that many places. When y'all take over a new place, when y'all acquire a new place. Do the dancers that work there and also the managers, do they have resentment against y'all until they get to start knowing y'all? Or like, oh, man, we could be acquired by the pony. We're going to be fucking buku rich. I mean, the pony has a reputation for being very girl friendly. Mm-hmm. So the girls don't tend. To, we come with a very good reputation there. We we treat the girls well. We don't overcharge them. I mean, there's a lot of clubs that will charge these girls crazy amounts of money to work. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We're very fair. Um, we actually do training classes with the girls to help them with their sales tactics and to teach, you know, because you young 18 year old girl trying to talk to a 50 year old man. There's not a whole lot in common there unless you start to plant those seeds. Um, as far as the management teams, when we do takeovers, eh, that's, you know, that's a give or take. It depends on whether or not you're doing your job, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you're doing something shady, you know, we usually we don't go in and clean house. We never go in and just fire a team and bring our own in. We always work with what's there initially. And if they are a good fit for the company, then they're a good fit for the company. And if they're not, then we find a good fit for the company. Mm. 
How is that dealing with letting people go? Is it hard? I have never found letting people go hard if I know that they deserve that. Mm. You know, if I've never had to let anyone go that didn't deserve to be let go. Mm -hmm. So it's never really been challenging for me. Yeah. Now, the one time that I got laid off, that was a challenging situation. Personally, I think that it would probably suck and it does suck on the opposite end. But as far as business goes, I mean, business is business, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're not good for business, you're not good for business. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to take out the, I guess it'd be hard being friends with people too. When you're in a position of power. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, a, yeah. It's a little bit of a lonely life. Like you're, you're popular, but you don't have many friends. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I asked. Like, do you become friends with the people that the dancers and the managers or do you, do you keep that separate? I'm the, you know, no, you don't walk around like I'm the fucking boss. Fuck you. But like, I mean, when I was younger, I definitely hung out a lot more with people as I've gotten older and realized that that really can come back to bite you in the ass quite a bit. I mean, when you're in charge of a lot of people and they'll hold anything against you, mm. you know, especially if you start to open up and you're vulnerable with them or they're part of your personal life in some way or they know something about you, you know, then it just gets really convoluted and strange. Um, but I mean, I, I know everything about every person that works for me. I know their kids' names. I know their wives' names. You know, I, I know a lot of the entertainers' backgrounds. I spend a lot of time with those people, but they're not, again, involved in my personal life. Like mm -hmm. we talked about initially, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a different divide than having the club and being involved every day in that community because you're, a, you're completely submerged in it uh, rather than leading it, I guess you would say. What do you think about how, like, we kind of talked about this earlier before we started recording, but how like the internet is a thing now with strip clubs. And I remember like back in the day, like platinum and stuff like that. It was like, you didn't know anything about the girl outside the club. Now you can kind of see a part of their life. If they allow you, you know, like, well, I world. think that's what's interesting about like OnlyFans, right? They yeah. monetized your social media for you. Yeah. Uh, I actually see a wave in that and a lot of different things in the future. Like I, I think social media will be monetized in a lot of different ways. I don't think we'll be able to s freely speak later on, but yeah. um, you know, you can basically, these girls are taking the same pictures they're putting on their Instagram. They're putting them on OnlyFans, and they're allowing you to pay for that. Mm -hmm. And it's just about revenue streams. But I think that's necessary in today's society. It's expensive to live, yeah. especially if you're 18, 19, 20. You know, like, what are you doing? You don't have any foundation. You don't have anything to fall back on. And if you want to go get a regular job, then what are they going to pay you? Max $15 yeah. an hour. Yeah. You're going to bring home $840 every other week. Who can live off $1,600 a month? I know I can't. I can't even find an apartment for $1,600 a month. Can you? No. So, I mean, they've got to have multiple revenue streams, right? Mm. Do you so think do you think that the guys get more out of that now? Like they get like more of a connection? Like they feel like, because I, I think that's what you get at the strip club, right? You obviously, you get this uh, interaction with somebody. So like on the... Like they could be more personalized with the pictures that they send the guys. Absolutely. And that kind of stuff. Oh, you can request custom videos. Yeah. You can, they can, they can do anything for you. Yeah. I think that it does create a better relationship. I encourage our girls to have platforms like that yeah. and to be active in them. But I also always let them know he's going to pay you more if he comes to see you mm. every time, you know, if, if you can get him to come into the club that three ninety nine a month or fifteen ninety nine for a picture or whatever is nothing in comparison. I mean, you 
can get several hundred dollars off of that guy if he comes into the club. Yeah. If he can touch you and see you, just like we <laughs> talked about earlier. Yeah, you know? yeah. The internet's cool and all, but it doesn't let you smell a woman. It mm. doesn't let you touch her skin, yeah. you know, reach over and brush her hand. And she's not going to put her hand on your thigh. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, is she into me? You know? <laughs> There's so many exciting things that happen in that interaction. Yeah. So you definitely can't get that through the Internet. They're definitely busted in their pants when those girls are touched him like American Pie. There's <laughs> no fucking way these guys You're talking about like these like, guys that just like always on the internet guys? Or like, well, just what? like, like remember we took Thomas down to Oh, yeah. He had never seen a tit before. Like, oh, that was wow. the first time I've ever seen it. He was like 30 when we went down there. Like, he was like, that's... What, what kind of friends do y'all have? Uh, apparently. <laughs> Very diverse. Yeah, so it was just like, we're down there for jo- this guy named Joseph's bachelor party. Yeah, I've known this guy since like seventh but grade. The bachelor party ended up being me, Tony, Joseph, and Thomas, which is fine. Those guys wanted to go to Cafe Dumont or whatever it's called. They like every day, all the time. I'm like, man, we were on Bourbon Street. We're just gonna walk into that strip club, and you guys are gonna come with us. We're gonna have fun, and you guys are gonna tip, and we're gonna tip also, and that's it. It was like what three o'clock in the afternoon and stuff like that. The first time we that afternoon, and then like. They're like just sitting back, not doing shit. I was like, all right, Tony, let's just go tip these girls and then let's just get out of here because I don't think they want to be here. And then like I think it was, it was next night, our buddy Skinny um, worked at the beach, I think. Something like that. And then he was also friends with the guys that ran the club next to the strip club next to it. So they let us go up there and all that stuff, having fun. And then and then I just see Tom, this Thomas guy just, you know, just looking around and stuff. I was like, and then I'm, we go downstairs. Dude, we get like kind of close to the stage and then we're tipping and stuff like that. And this girl with this, the most amazing tits she was on stage, right? She's perfect. And, and then he's like, oh, that's the first time I've seen a titty. I think he told that to Tony. Yeah. He told me he had never seen a tip before. And in like real life. huh? Yeah. In real life. Was it a real one or a fake one? I think those are fake. Yeah. But you I mean, can, still tits. You can usually tell. <laughs> I mean, that's, it was been over like, that was like 2014. I can't remember, but. You've seen way too many tits since then. <sighs> I just, it was just so weird to hear that a man like that old in life had never seen a tit before. But then I've heard recently too, like a lot of men aren't fucking. Like there's a lot of guys that are like 18 to 29 to 30 are still virgins. And that's what they say. There's like a there's a small majority of guys that are doing a lot of the fucking, and then there's a whole bunch of guys that are just doing nothing. But it's like you don't think about that, you know. It's just like because you're like you got this. Somebody's got to be having sex. But then we have friends that haven't had sex in a couple of years, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's true, huh? You know. I wonder why the young people aren't having sex. I mean, that's generally when. You're in your prime of desire. Maybe because they're online too much? What? Yeah, I mean, I so I was reading something about social skills mm-hmm. and that social skills were going to be extremely valuable in the next, you know, 10 years because these kids don't know how to do anything but text. Yeah. And they, you know, they watch you, they watch other people do things all day long on YouTube and things like that. And they, they don't actually know how to engage. Yeah. And so that probably could be awkward. Yeah, know, there's so many interesting things that are available for people who don't want to leave their house, though. So even if he hasn't seen a tit, I mean, have you ever heard of Nutaku.com? Uh-uh. What is that? So Nutaku.com is all sex-based video games. 
So the entire thing is sexual experiences, and there's different kink video games. You can do it in anime. You can do it in real life. They, uh, I, so I ran across this during COVID because I have way too much time to research things, right? <laughs> yeah. And for Valentine's Day, they sent out a Nutaku Valentine's package. Mm-hmm. And it was a mouse pad with a chick with big boobs, <laughs> a Nutaku and Chill t-shirt, okay, and a fleshlight so that you could redefine one-handed play. Whatever the wow. fuck that means. <laughs> Nutaku. Yeah. So I wonder is... <laughs> The, are, are they going to get to the point, I guess, where the flashlights are interactive with the videos, or are they that way? I think that virtual reality is going to do some really interesting things in yeah. the future. I do. Uh, I mean, you know, you can already control those Bluetooth devices for cam girls. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, like the little uh, vibrator thing or whatever? Yeah, so yeah. you can control her vibrator for her via your bluetooth and your keyboard Mm. from anywhere in in the world that's so wild and so i think that as technology combines and sexuality i mean like we talked about a little earlier we're not in the in the 60s anymore Mm -hmm. people are comfortable with their sexuality they're comfortable with other people's sexuality sexuality Mm -hmm. is all over everything you can't even turn on the tv today without seeing sex yeah so you know i think that when people start to get a little more comfortable with that and technology combines, we're going to see some really interesting things in the future in ways that you can stimulate yourself without actually having to exchange anything. It's going to be like, what was that movie back in the day with Sylvester Stallone? And uh, what's that? Roadhouse? Roadhouse? Like Demolition Man? That one where they put on the little yeah. headset. Oh, yeah. They have oh, sex. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, he's like, what is this? And yeah. she's like, we're not going to exchange bodily fluids. Ew. And then you think about like COVID and the pandemic and yeah. how people don't want to be near each other anymore. And so you're like, Oh, there could be something to that here mm-hmm. in the future. And they have whole on body suits that you can wear that you can feel these like video games feelings or whatever. Yeah. You can put yeah. these virtual reality things on and put on a suit that like stimulates you mm-hmm. in certain areas. So once somebody attaches that to sexuality in any way, it's just for video games now, but yeah, it could be interesting in the future. But do you think it's like, you would miss the touch of a person, but I guess you, you think that because you know that. And if what you if don't you never know had that, it? Yeah, if you don't know, you don't know. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what those guys are, you know, the young people in, what is it, Japan? That they're not having sex at all with anybody, but they're doing it online. Yeah. So that's all they, like she just, just said, that's all you know, that's all you, you know. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> the kids are changing these days. Yeah, but man, there's, there's nothing like being with a person for real, though, I think. No. I mean, I've never used, like, that thing right there or, like, a flashlight, but I would assume it's not going to be just as good. Like, it's not warm, you know, and there's not... It, I don't know. That's kind of sociopathic, I that's think. That's kind of like, how I feel about some sex toys, too. Like, I'm like, no, nah, there's no... There's it's no not the real thing. Because I think the human connection is what we all need. You know, you need that warmness of somebody talking to you. and Oh, yeah. I mean, there's know, nothing like being excited when somebody whispers in your ear yeah. and you get that chill down the back of your neck the first time. You know, like, no way. You can't yeah. replace that with anything. I think you could have a happy balance. Like, you know, obviously, like guys and or not guys, but people jerk off. Mm-hmm. But then you also want to fuck. Yeah. You know, because you can jerk off, which is a quick release. But if you had the option of jerking off or having sex 
and say it's not like any consequences with the sex, I'm going to choose sex over jerking off. Right. You know. What consequences come with sex other than fertility? A shit well, baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, like, you know, like, they say, like, guys have post-nut clarity. So, like, say you think about, Post like... Post-nut cl- I'm learning so much today. Yeah, so, like, you think about <laughs> being with somebody, and then you get with them, or you jerk off, and you're like, oh, okay, I don't want to hang out with that person. So, sometimes it's the whole thing of, like, hanging out with them. You got to deal with their feelings, and... I mean, there's a lot sometimes when you just want to have sex, and some people just can't have sex. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, like some people, it's definitely more involved. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just who they are. But you don't want to be an asshole also and just use people, you know, if you don't have to. And that's why I think, like, brothels and, like, prostitution might be a good thing for certain people. Well, like we were talking about earlier as well, you know, the strip club is a a safe place for people to come. Imagine... So a 50-year-old guy comes in and gets a dance from an 18-year-old girl. Mm. Tell me that that couldn't get him in trouble anywhere else. No, 100%. Yeah. So they get to come in and act out these fantasies and desires in a safe space where, no, you know, there's security there. And everyone is making sure that that experience is good for everyone. And it's a fair exchange of service. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't go too far, you know? Yeah. And... I mean, there are states that have legalized prostitution. Seems to be going well for them. Nevada seems to like that. You know, you can't go to Vegas without somebody giving you a card for an escort. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The little, a little Mexican <laughs> yeah, dude yeah, doing a little thing. The billboard signs are like driving down the street, call for a good time tonight, you know? And, I mean, there's a place for it, you know? And if the women are comfortable doing that, then why is why should it be chastised? Yeah, I always say, like, as long as somebody's not like a sex slave in something and they're a willing participant, I don't see what's wrong with it. Yeah, because like I always like look at it like how can somebody do porn, which is legalized, but you can't fuck for money. Well, you know, it's not being recorded. Porn has coalitions like the Free Speech Coalition that, you know, lobby for them to have regulations and rules and things like that. So those people are being tested all the time. These people aren't being tested. There's you know, there's a lot of things that come into play with that. But I think all of those obstacles could be overcome. You know, I can't get in anywhere can't get in anywhere right now without a vaccination card. Yeah. So why shouldn't I have to carry around a healthy STD card? And that's what they say about people that do porn. They're generally safer because they're being tested away more than a civilian is. Mm -hmm. You know, like the average person probably hasn't been tested. And that's why, like, they're like, oh, we want you to wear a mask. Like, most people don't wear condoms, but you want (laughs) to wear a mask. You know, it's like, it doesn't make sense. What is something like, some really weird, like, fetish kink that the guys asked if you can do like in one of the clubs you know so do they have to ask you first if it's okay like does it do the girl have to come up and say hey this guy wants to do this no 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 actually i mean there are clubs around the country that have theme rooms that you can do all kinds of different scene sets i wish that we had some of that cool stuff actually yeah um no you know that that exchange is very intimate between Mm. the customer and the girl and, you know, however their conversation is going. But as far as weird kinks, I mean, you know, there's several people that have very strange foot fetishes. There's this one guy. He's really into appendages. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, every time he, he says hi to me and I shake his hand, he'll, like, reach out with his other hand. And then he just starts massaging <laughs> my fingers and stuff. And I'm like, it's nice to see you today, sir. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, we've got a guy that likes to come in uh, in a dress underneath. He's like big baggy pants, big baggy T-shirt, totally has a dress on underneath there. So every time he goes back into a VIP room, he performs the dance for the entertainer. She doesn't dance for him. Wow. 
And he does it in his dress. He takes his, his shirt off, his dress is <laughs> under there. He doesn't take his pants off, though. But, but he he's a regular? Like, he comes in there pretty frequently? He comes in there pretty frequently, yeah. Wow. It's seemingly a desire that he has that he can't express anywhere else. You know, we all have those things. We want to find a place that we can be ourselves. And see, you know, that's another be- thing. Like, as a safe place, it's a safe place for him to do that because he knows no one's going to come in there and beat him up or right. anything, you know? I remember hearing, like, this guy, he said that, there are a lot of men that like to be pegged, you know, like, and they feel uncomfortable talking to their girlfriend or wife about it because they're going to be judged by it. And then they said sometimes these guys will go to men to be fucked because, you know, these men will fuck them in the ass because they just want that penetration. They want that pleasure. They may not be gay, but they like anal mm-hmm. penetration. But that's like you're saying, like the guy was like, you know, the the he said the anus has no sexual orientation. So kind of like with that guy dancing, just because he likes to be in a dress doesn't mean he's weird or yeah, it doesn't gay mean or he's something weird. It just like means that. He likes to do that. It makes him feel good about himself yeah. in some way. Did you ever but, watch the show Billions? I don't watch TV. Oh, well, the opening scene is this guy and he's getting burned with a cigarette and then pissed on to put the burn out. And then he's like a big district attorney for like uh, like some or eight. He's like in a... Uh, 80 or something like that. I don't know. He's some person big up in the government. But, like, he's, like, suit and tie all day long, but then he likes this, you oh, know, Oh, yeah. Kink, I mean, there's a whole scene know. of that. There's a lot of people that are that way. You know, people who are in power all day long, they don't want to go home and be in power and be in charge. I mean, there are some people that do. Yeah. But there are some that are like, this is what I'm doing to make money, and this is what I want to do to be me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there I bet y'all a- see so much stuff working at that club. Um, we used to have a guy that would come in and there was a girl that would walk him around on a leash in the club, in the club on (laughs) all fours, on all fours. And he was not allowed to look at the other girls. So he would have to walk around on all fours with his head down. And if someone spoke to him and he raised his head, she would literally like whip him. Wow. And he was into it. Totally into it. There's another guy who wanted you to step on his nuts. So, like, he's laying in the floor in the VIP room, and there's this girl in stilettos, and she's just going to fucking town on him. And I'm like, this cannot be good. Who wants And she's like, he paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Like, how do you, oh, God. (laughs) Like, how do you get that fetish, I wonder? Like, what happens? This is like, a funny. Somebody actually referenced to someone starting cock torture the other day. And oh. they're like, what the fuck is cock torture? I'm like, well, you know, you can put rods down the tip of your penis or there's like chastity that you can wear. Ooh. You have to be really comfortable with sexuality and what I do. I mean, we have polyamorous relationships. You know, we have people who are gay. We have people who do all sorts of crazy kinky stuff and are into being tied up and different types of bondage and have collars on because they're in like full dominance and submission relationships. I mean, those types of people flock to the, the type, you know, our types of establishments. So you have to get really comfortable. You can't be weirded out by anything. (laughs) What is it like? Is it frowned upon to fraternize with the girls? Absolutely. Is it hard? Like, was it hard in the very beginning? Because, I mean, you'll have some good-looking girls working at your place. There's oh, yeah. definitely, you know, but there's also that behind the scenes. You ever been to the dressing room? You won't <laughs> want to date a stripper after that. <laughs> um, sometimes, you know, there. I'm, I have definitely been guilty of having relationships yeah, with like entertainers in moment. the past. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, you hit that. It's been a, 
It happens to some people more than others, but we don't. It is frowned upon. Yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but okay. we try to make it not happen. And if it is, you know, you don't want someone to have favoritism. At that point, they can no longer work together, right? Mm. So there's a whole business aspect to that as well. So yeah. if they can't keep it under wraps and everybody knows about it, just be, it causes a bunch of drama. I mean, we're talking about a lot of young people, so they're always looking for any kind of drama they can bring up. I mean, that's in there all day, every day. It's yeah. uh 50 type A personalities in one room Mm. and they're all going after the same prize. I mean, it's, you know, so, um, but it's definitely not, not supposed to happen. Yeah. You don't want to shit where you eat as they say. Uh, Definitely not. Yeah. And then, you know, I guess it doesn't work out. Would it get old over time though? Like, I don't even watch them on stage. Yeah. Like I would imagine like if you're there all the time, it just, you, might become numb, not maybe numb to it a little bit. Like it's okay. I don't that's even just notice that they girl. don't have clothes yeah. on. You know, like it's it's just normal. Initially, it was a little uncomfortable for sure. You know, you're like, oh, that's weird. She's walking in here without her clothes on. Yeah. Put your top on, please. Why don't you <laughs> sitting in that chair with your tits out? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. Well, your tits are out. That's just what we're doing today. <laughs> so what happened with the the change, or was it always a law like that? Because I remember, like a platinum, it was fully nude. Mm-hmm. And then they went to pasties and bikinis and something like that. Like, what was that whole nonsense so, about? Platinum fucked it up for everybody. Oh. That's what happened because they were taking it way too far all every day, night, every day. That place was and crazy. So after that investigation happened, there was a private investigation that actually put them uh, into their. Uh, shutdown state okay. and that actually got them arrested. You know, they raided that place, arrested mm-hmm. a lot of the employees. A couple of people went to prison over that situation oh, for shit. racketeering and certain other things. So there was a lot going on in Platinum. Because it was in Shelby County, it forced them to want to change some of the laws. So like we talked about politics earlier mm-hmm. and somebody went after that. Well, we fought it in court for eight years uh, because it's a violation of the First Amendment to tell okay. us that we can't express ourselves however we want to artistically it's free speech yeah so um they came back and said that you know we had to go to teabacks and bikinis but we could still serve alcohol and we're not under the same regulations that the rest of tennessee is which means you can't sell alcohol at all you have to do byob there okay so the law is if you are a byob place you can go fully nude as long as you're six feet away from the girl so like if you've ever been to nashville Mm mm-hmm the deja vu, the main stage, the girl will go fully nude, but you have to like throw your money from behind that line. Yeah. But then they'll put their clothes on and they'll come out to the closer stages and you can actually sit near them at that point. But when they're fully nude, that you have to be six feet away. Mm. That's so stupid. Like, it's kind of like the COVID rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, six feet apart. Like, why? Uh, What's something y'all don't tolerate from a customer and a girl? Or dancer, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, we don't tolerate thievery, of course. Right. Uh, we don't tolerate inappropriate behavior. So like a customer or a girl, too much physical contact can't happen. Um, you know, guys will reach up and try to grab a girl's, un- you can't tip them from the front or the back of their G string because it would have expose their vagina so you're technically only supposed to tip them in their sides of their g-strings mm. uh you get a lot of guys the girls will smack their ass on stage and then a guy thinks they can do that too can't tolerate that you can't put your hands on them like that you know yeah uh things of that nature mm. when a, when a girl is the money on the stage i saw i saw this somewhere i don't remember where i saw it 
So the money from the stage tips, the girl or the two girls out there, they get to keep all that, right? Mm-hmm. And the only part of that of the money the girls make that night are from the lap dancers. That the house gets some of that or something like that. So the girls pay a rental fee for music licensing. You know, there's a lot that goes into the business aspect of keeping that open. So mm. it's pretty much presented like a, a booth rental for a hair salon. Mm. Uh, they come in and they pay for a booth space mm-hmm. for the evening. Um, and then uh, that basically covers the stage and dressing rooms and lockers and all of those amenities, music licensing, the whole nine yards. Then they pay a percentage of each sale that they make. Like we get a commission off of each sale that they make to our customers that come in. Oh, okay. See, I didn't, I didn't realize that until I, I think I was, I can't remember what I was reading. And this one girl was saying that she just rather do dances. I mean the stage uh, dancing on the stage, because that, that way that all that's her money. But when she does a dance, she um, has to give some to the house. And I didn't understand that. Yeah. So we get a commission off of each of their sales, but she still has to pay even if she only dances on stage, but it's just a set booth rental fee. But wouldn't she make more money if she did dances? Though? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there are some girls that just do dances, right? Because, I mean, if there's a lot of girls, how many times are you going to be up on the stage? You know? Yeah, you get that a lot, too. So when we have a lot of girls, the girls are like, I haven't been on stage in an hour and a half. I haven't been on stage in two hours. You're like, I'm sorry, baby. We're just rolling through them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because it goes... You start at one and go all the way and then go back, right? So basically the girls that come in early, you know, they're on the shift and then they start slacking in one by one. Well, then as we start to get busy, the girl, more girls will come in and the list will already be. So the new girl, she immediately hits the stage and she gets put into rotation at that point and she gets added in. So just to kind of make it fair, because if that girl comes in at 11 p.m., we've already got 45 girls there. She doesn't need to wait 45 girls to make a new appearance. We want to go ahead and keep the fresh faces on the stage as often as possible. I mean, variety is the spice of life. That's mm-hmm. what everybody wants, you know? Yeah. So how do you guys find girls or do they come to you usually? We do both. Um, we do recruiting incentives for the entertainers that already work for us. Okay. So if a girl knows a girl or, you know, brings a girl into work, then they get, you know, a bonus for that as far as like we take away rental fees and things of that nature. They don't have to pay commissions in for a certain period of time. Um, We actively go on social media and reach out to girls who work for other clubs Mm. and invite them to come in. We actively go on social media and recruit friends of friends of girls and things of that nature. So we have people who we pay to pretty much go out and try to do that. And then everywhere you go, if you see a young lady, Sonic, Walmart, you know the gas yeah. station yeah. it's just like hey baby don't don't make this nine dollars an hour you can come make your whole paycheck in a night I, yeah it's actually easier for me to do than it is for a guy though you know oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very interesting the female dynamic of things and how i can get away with doing a lot more than a guy can get away with because they're considered creepy yeah hey baby why don't you come work at the pony yeah. at the pony for me yeah exactly well, well it's like you go there you like, say like hey uh, would you like to come if to the you pony? have a, a female friend that vouches for you with another woman she's probably more apt to go with you because of the female's friends vouching mm-hmm. you know so it is that woman while i guess you know that yeah. y'all have going on what uh what's some of the, like, the biggest tips you remember a girl getting oh god uh we had a guy we had a guy not long ago who just came in and spent seventeen grand uh, on a girl in one <laughs> what? night. Fuck, man. We had another guy who used to come in every four months, and he would spend $30,000 on one girl in one night. What the fuck? 
Holy shit. I was thinking like a thousand bucks. That's what, I, mean, no, I was going no, with like a thousand, two thousand dollars. It gets crazy. That is insane. And then the bigger city, the bigger the city, the more money the girls will make. Yeah, like what are like girls the, in Vegas making? Crazy money, but they also charge them crazy money. Mm. So I remember when we went to Vegas, uh, we went to uh, the OG. No, no, no. We're talking about oh. when I went to Ida and them. Uh, Peppermint Rhino or Spearmint, Spearmint, Spearmint Rhino, Rhino. Okay. So we get there. We get out, we get out of cars and stuff, and the girls are starting to ask us when they came to us. They're like, hey, where are you guys from? We're like, oh, we're from Memphis. And they're like, oh, shit, I'm going to be dancing at the Platinum Plus next weekend. Do you know that place? I was like, yeah, we know that place. How oh, are y'all coming from here to there? Like, Dude, that's where all the money's at right mm-hmm. now. So that's us how big that fucking place was. I mean, Platinum was nationally famous, for yeah. sure. Everybody was coming to Platinum, but I mean, it was wild and wide open. <laughs> it's the Wild West for real. Yeah, it was. You could people were doing lines of cocaine on the tables. <laughs> it was so bad with like drug use for like us when we were there going there. Like we were all rolling one day, and um, this girl, one of the dancers, comes up to my buddy and is like, "Hey, is your friend okay?" I was like, "Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine." She's like, "Yeah, but." Get him some water, man. Like he's just he's just gnawing away on his face, man. I'm like, so I look over, I can't see shit. I'm acting like I can see shit, you know. I'm like, oh, he's fine. And I drink this, drink the and drink. And like, she came back like ten minutes later, to make sure he was all right. Still, I was oh, like, that's sweet of her. I, was like, I actually got thrown out of Platinum the only time I ever went. Really? Yeah, we were all out drinking, and I took this girl I was dating at the time, and my guy best friend was a poker player, and he had just won a bunch of money in a tournament down in Tunica. Mm -hmm. So he's like, Steph, I want to get you a lap dance. So this girl that I was dating had gone to the bathroom. So he grabs me and these two girls, and we go, and you know, the Platinum VIP was like wide open Mm -hmm. right there. And so she comes out of the bathroom, sees me getting a lap dance from this girl and walks over and slaps the shit out of me. <laughs> Damn. And I jumped up, right? I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And security's over and he's like, you got to go. I'm like, this bitch needs to go. Like, <laughs> I actually dropped her off on the side of the interstate that night, told somebody uh, else to pick her up and take her home. <laughs> I'm just trying to see some tits. Yeah, Jesus. Wow. That is... <laughs> People are crazy sometimes. Jealousy, it's something. Yeah, it's just like, you know where you're at. Like, you're not going to a place where that's not part of the contract when you walk in the door. Exactly. You know? But I heard that, too. I don't. Are you all the same way? Like, single women can't come in by themselves? You have to have, like, a male escort? We... So, I guess, stop, I'm like, girlfriends lesbian, from coming in? Because I'm a lesbian, I had to pull that rule. Uh, because I think okay. it's a little unfair. Yeah. Um, but we do screen it. Mm. You know, if there's a single girl that comes in, there's actually two reasons why we don't want that to happen. One, prostitutes come in, they try to pick up customers a lot. Oh, I didn't think about and that. And so those girls will bounce around the room. And we don't allow people, you, this actually goes into regulations that we don't We don't allow you to like interfraternize with other customers and things like that, especially male and female customers. That's just not what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do get some wives and girlfriends and things, like, but you can usually tell, you mm. know, so... They call the manager to the door just to kind of screen the situation. Even if it's a group of girls, they still stop them and, you know, hey, what are you guys out doing tonight? So on and so forth. Uh, Generally, it's harmless, but there definitely can be those crazy. I've had wives come into the club before. Just totally (laughs) walk straight past the security guard, gave no fucks. Yeah. Now, do girls that come in there, they try to get on the stage and stuff like that? And you'll have to be like, no. Some of them do. Definitely later at night. And I mean... 
if they're a hot girl and when they come in as a customer, they're getting an application every time. <laughs> we might try to pull them onto the stage, you know. If there's a hot seat, you'd be like, oh, you get up here, and then we get them to take their top off. We're trying to pop the cherry. You know? yeah. The more, the merrier. I love it. Um, I got a, I got a question. What's more of a grievance I need to file? Oh, goodness. Why is it that because I am Indian, why any why do what do these Indian dudes do in these clubs that they're like oh wait uh, they don't I mean, they until they get to, their dick in their pants until they, <laughs> until, they, until, they, until they come to get to know me a little bit better when the girls call me they're like oh no I was like the fuck and I remember I think nah, I texted you're, you you're perverted man I think I texted you <laughs> I think about it's in your DNA I texted her, I go uh. <laughs> What is up with this? And you're like, I can't remember what you said, but like, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm telling you, the, the Indian dudes can't keep their dick in their pants. And a lot of them don't wear deodorant. That is true. <laughs> that is 100% true. Yeah, so the body odor is a little foul and, you know. I'm going to walk in there one day putting some degree on like this. Because <laughs> uh, it's funny, like, we went to, where was that place? Purple Diamond a couple weeks ago. And we have a friend, he's a pretty bigger guy. And like the girls were going more to him than they were to us. Yeah, and then like, and we're the one that had the money. <laughs> we had all the money on our side of the table. We were just handing him money to tip and stuff, right? And before you know it, there were like two or three girls talking to him. I'm like, motherfucker, what is going on here? <laughs> like bigger muscular, or bigger heavy no, set. Bigger heavy, heavy set. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, they think that he's more likely to go to the back because uh, he's okay. not as handsome as you fellas. <laughs> and he did. And he did. Good uh, man. Hey, I mean, it's a hustle, man. I get it. Yeah, you know, but I wonder what she's thinking. The girl is thinking in her head when she's back back to the house. Money. Well, yeah, but like, I mean, it's a job, man. I think so. A lot of them enjoy it. You know, they enjoy having the interaction with the guy. They a lot of them really, like I said, they come into their sexuality quite a mm. bit. You know, so they're having a good time back there. They're playing with you. Yeah. They're trying to give you an authentic experience a lot of the time. So, what do guys try to do when they go back there? Like, did y'all are like, okay. You, we warned you once, and then if they do it again, they're they're out. They try to get too handsy. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll try to put their hands in places that because really you're not supposed to touch the girl at that point. Okay. Um, and then everybody wants to try to whip their dick out, man. Did you? Is that you go, really a thing? We have to put the signs up in Spanish because it's really bad in the Hispanic community. See, I heard they like to bite. Yeah, they do that too. Yeah, we told you that. They had a sign that uh, I remember we were going into. Um, it was a place off Lamar, Showgirls, I think it was called back in the day. Yeah, and they had in in Spanish no biting or something. Yeah, we have keep your dick in your pants in wow. our VIP rooms. That's so wild, man! Like, I understand you can get turned on, but like, you think he would be like, okay, this is not actual. Well, it's a cultural difference, actually. So if you go to Mexico, everything's a brothel. Uh, Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Tijuana. Oh, yeah. That place was wild. Like a buddy of mine, he's like, if you go, because we were going to San Diego, and he's like, if you go to San Diego, you got to go to fucking TJ. And he's like, go to this place called Hong Kong. I'm like, okay. I had never been to Mexico before, so I was like, okay, we're going to roll down there. We get there, walk in. It looks like it would be in Hong Kong, like glass floors. Like the place looks totally out of place from what Tijuana looks like. But then like. It was like the most beautiful girls, but it definitely was a brothel because they were coming over and they're like, $20, you can go to the hotel next door and fuck. Oh, yeah. I had a friend that went to Mexico it was several months ago, but he had like a whole menu he sent to me. Like you could get a certain amount of time and like a body <laughs> fucking bath, like sponge yeah. bathed and some other stuff. 
And yeah, it was a whole experience for yeah. for like less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's what's so crazy. And like I said, the girls are no slouches. You yeah. know, they're all really attractive. I mean, was there was there any unattractive one we saw? No, I didn't think so. I mean, you know, like I was like, damn. Well, we were the one that came up to us at before when we were sitting downstairs and we came back upstairs to grab some beers and she was like, Hey, come on. And you were like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. And then she came next to me. I was actually con- contemplating going next door to work with her. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I really was, but I was like, what if I don't come back? What I if mean, I, if what if I go out on top? <laughs> yeah. What if I'm missing a kidney or something? And you know, if they have sex professionally, they've got to be good at it. Right. I would assume so. You would think so. You'd yeah. think it'd be an experience. You should have done it real. I mean, mm. a, a, the buddy of ours that, told me about it this guy fucks a lot just like civilian style fucking and for him to be doing this is is something else and like i said the girls are like ig quality girls mm-hmm. so. well i remember when he went to what was that uh thailand he said that he got he had sex with three different prostitutes in like a seven hour span and i'm like what he's like yeah but man i'm and this is they started telling me he's like man once you start you start getting addicted to it man don't get started i was like holy shit i've got a lot of friends that like to call prostitutes a lot of guy friends like that's their thing they're into it but they i guess the back like page the, up they had whatever it is these days yeah yeah and they like that but i guess it kind of goes back to what i was saying like if you can get something out the consequences yeah you know because they they always there's that joke you you don't pay for a prostitute you pay, or you pay for them to leave Right. You know. So, I mean, like, if that was on the menu, like, if there was, like, a DoorDash for prostitution, I think a lot of people would be doing it. My prostitute's here. Bye-bye. But, like, no, like, it, it's just, I agree with you 100%. Like, it, you couldn't get in trouble for, like, or, like, you know, like, you know, if you go down Lamar at nighttime, or not Lamar, but Brooks Road at nighttime, mm-hmm. and you just park your car, like, they're, they're, they're walking around, they'll come up to your car. Yeah, but you go. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if you didn't, if you took that off the table and you could just get online and do it, well, I know you can, but like, if it was less seedy, yeah, yeah. and what you know, you don't have to worry about getting robbed or you know, like that kind of stuff. One right? of the girls, um, she's a police officer that I know, right? And she did that work where they would dress up and you know try to get the guys with the stings and stuff. She actually knew one of the guys that was trying to pick her up. And he, and she tried, you know, you know, got like a wire or whatever on and stuff. So I mean, she tried everything she could to un, um, get him not to go through with this because she didn't want to arrest him. You know, when they mm-hmm. come in, like he, the guy was just so hard up. She said, "I guess," and he was like, "No, no, come on, yeah, I'll pay that, whatever." And she was like, "No, no, okay, how about this? I want more money." You know, and he just kept on going up and. The guy, the guys in the van or whatever where they're at, they knew what was going on, and you know they were, cool. but man. He just wouldn't say, he just wouldn't listen to every cue she was trying to give him. And he, he was on one of those fucking magazines, the Just Busted magazine. And, you know, his wife, I think she probably left him. And I never found out the rest of the details, but I'm pretty sure she left him, man. Like, yeah, it's like crazy. The dick took over, man. He was thinking of his dick instead of his head. But yeah, everything in Mexico is a brothel because I remember when I went to El Paso to see my brother uh, when he was in medical school. They were doing the rotations in, uh, is it Juarez that borders El Paso? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were doing their rotations It's in a hospital down in, because since they went to medical school in the Caribbean, they had to, they couldn't do it like here uh, in, in the States. And um, they, I went to go visit him. They took me out. We went out a couple of nights, like two nights, right? 
And one of the nights we 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 go across the border, and we get, we get in a taxi, and the taxi driver takes us to like this. I didn't know what it was, right? And the next thing you know, I'm going in the back room with this girl because my brother and my cousin at the time bought me. Is he not your cousin anymore? Oh, I mean, he still is my cousin. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they, and I was like, I'm like 14, 15 years old. I don't even remember how old I was, but like, yeah. Yeah. So it's a cultural difference in Mexico. They do it because they really don't know any differently. That's Mm. why we had to start putting the signs up in Spanish and that's what they do there. So do you guys, do you all just, do y'all just kick them out or after that? Or, yeah, you or, have or, to. Okay, yeah. I mean, once you pull your dick out in front of one of the girls, I mean, they get a little weirded out by yeah. that. So in order, it, our job is to protect the girl, right? Mm-hmm. You know, guys are coming in for the experience, but we're there to protect them. They're paying us to do that. So Yeah. Gotcha. So as far as your social life and being a lesbian woman, how hard is it to find women? It's like never, it's like say like not going to like like a gay bar or something like that. Like how does that work? I always wonder that. Like if, like friends of mine, like how do they find women that are into women? Like how do you know like a woman's into another woman? I mean, you just hit on them, right? <laughs> it's just that you're just it's that just brazen that simple, about it. Yeah, I mean, she's like Argh. you hit on women all the time that aren't interested in you. I'm sure. No, but I'm just saying like <laughs> he's like no, I get them all. Exactly. No, I, I, actually, I don't ever approach anybody. But like for the record. I just I always just wondered like that, like especially if you like say you go to, like Silly Goose or, you know, something where it's not a quote unquote gay bar. I mean, again, you just you're yourself. Mm. And if that works, that works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it's kind of the same hunting process. Because I always know like like my gay friends, they're always like, oh, I don't want to go there because, you know, they don't know if a guy I guess is different for women. though. women are more fluid, I guess you would say. I mean, gay guys like to be around gay guys, and they, they're also chastised a lot more than we are. Yeah. It's like that thing you said, Tony. Remember when we saw those two girls walking down towards Pontotoc that one day? Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't, we never didn't think about they might be gay. But if you see two dudes doing that. No, they were holding hands. Oh, that's, what did I say? They were holding hands. Yeah. Yeah, these two women were holding hands, and you don't think like, oh, they're probably with, you know together. You could just think they're just friends. Mm-hmm. But if you saw two guys holding hands, you're probably like, oh, you know. Well, yeah, because girls are so friendly. Friendly with their girlfriends, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that will ever change where, like, there won't be such a stigma about two people being with each other of the same sex? Because, like, I know we come up a, a ways, but even, like, in interracial relationship, it's still kind of frowned upon right? in certain things. So I wonder if there's ever going to be a time where people are just like, those are people, that's all it is. Who cares? I think you know? that times are definitely changing. I think the next generation, you know, my daughter's colorblind, genderblind, doesn't matter. You know, they just see people as people. Her friends do the same things. Yeah. And they're fluid and comfortable with themselves. I think we were taught not to be comfortable with ourselves, so we had to conform to learn to be comfortable Mm. with ourselves. And the more generations that are taught to be comfortable with themselves, the the easier it's going to get for them. Yeah. I asked my nephew the other day, I was like, hey, do you have any gay friends at school and stuff like that? They're like, oh, yeah, just, you know. And I was like, well, that's that's good that you do at such a young age because I was older when before I had a gay friend, you know, and stuff like that. And, but like, he's like, oh, to us, it's not a big deal the way it was like when you were coming, like when you were growing up. Like oh, yeah. for us, like you know, this this guy right next to me is, you know, it does, we don't look at it. And I was like, well, do they get bullied like the way they used to back in, at school when we were growing up? He was like, not really. I mean, if they do. The bully is usually taking. I mean, not the bully is usually made out to be so bad that they'll never do it again to the guy, you know, or the right. girl, whatever it is. Mm. 
Yeah, I definitely think the newer generations are going to help with that in the future. So I do think there will be a time. Yeah, I think that I always just found that ignorant, like to judge somebody because of something they they are, you know, like that's like judging somebody for like in a certain color. Yeah. You know, like people just like certain things, you know, everybody has their own kink. Yeah. Um, would you, would you ever tell a girl not to come and work at one of your house clubs? No, except my daughter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just cause I don't want to see that. Right. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't. I mean, I actually, there are, you know, it's, it's a devil's lair at times. Mm. So, you know, anything that you could be tempted by in there is going to be there. You know, there's mm. sex readily available in there at any given time. You know, if if you chose to do that, if you, you know, drugs, there's a lot of people that come in, you know, random customers, not just people that work for us that, you know, it's late night. And that's that's just the atmosphere for that time time frame of life. And then, you know, people who drink too much, you know, there's a lot of that available. Mm-hmm. Greed, there's a lot of that available. And so if you've got any vices, you should definitely... Think about it before you do it. Yeah. You've got to have good self-control and you have to be in control of your own environment or it won't work out. I mean, we don't even allow people to be, you know, overly intoxicated and in work or anything like that. So we send the girls home if they're messed up and stuff like that. But I mean, I think it's an awesome opportunity for a young person. I really do. I mean, even the bartenders are making crazy good money. The security guards are making crazy good money. Yeah. You know? That's what my buddy was telling me is I was like, when they when everything shut down and then all everyone started coming back, man, like the money is so good now. Mm-hmm. He's like, there was just the money was stagnant for a while. Like you knew you knew what you kind of make whatever night, but now he's like, man, some nights, dude. And he's a bouncer, and he's like, man, some nights, man, I make like three four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, on on a, on a Sunday, I'll make three fifty like from from the girls. You know, like damn, dude. And it's just something about people having a place for them to be comfortable, and you know, then they want to they want to tip people that want to be there. You know, mm-hmm. they want to take care of those people that are comfortable because they're envious of it. They can't live that life every day like we do. Yeah. So when did y'all open back up or how long were you closed? Oh, we had to sue the city in Memphis to open back up. Um, In Alabama, we were open in May right after like the 22nd or 23rd of May, we were back open in Alabama, which really carried us through, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We were still under regulations, but we were able to open back up. We were able to open our Mississippi club back up not long after that also. Uh, but Memphis was, Memphis and California were our last two clubs to be open. And California just opened three or four months ago. Wow. Um, but we opened in October of 2020 was when we were able to reopen. But they just kept excluding us from all of the regulations. Like we weren't allowed to come in. You know, every time they would do a new uh, – what were they called? I can't think of them right now. Ordinance. There you go. Yeah. Uh, every time they do a new ordinance, we would be in exclusion to the rule every time. And so finally we just sued the city. Mm. And then they had to come and inspect us and all that stuff. So stupid. It sounded like the, the like different cities were like trying to have some businesses go out. Do you think that was the y'all's business? I mean, I think they're always trying to get that our business to go oh, out. Oh, really? Just mm-hmm. with the change in regulation, even several years ago, like we talked about with the, uh, you know, bikinis and pasties and stuff. And, um, you know, that they, they lost a lot of tax money. We lost 60% of our business when that happened. Really? We're just now back to making the same kind of money. Wow. And it's been almost a decade. You know, it's like a cool thing. You can go to a place and see a woman dancing 
and then leave. Like that's a pretty cool concept if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially like you said, like it's not online, you know, and then you're having that interaction and all the other jazz. So I don't know why people want to ruin that. It's like, just because you have some weird hangups, probably religious shit or something, you want everybody else to conform with you. And it's like, why? Like we're not born with clothes on. So why do you want to force these people to put clothes on and stuff? It's just, it's really ignorant when you start breaking stuff down on like a micro level, why people do things. Definitely. Do you see less of younger people coming to the clubs now? Mm, not really. No. The reason I asked that is that I was, you know, I trained a bunch of young guys at my job and I was like, yo, have y'all been here? Like, nah, man, never. Like, oh yeah, I went to that place one time in college. I'm like. Well, I guess it's the money factor, though. Like she said before, and I asked her about the place down in Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, you when you're young and you're a guy, you can usually pick a chick up fairly easily. Mm -hmm. The older you get, the harder it gets, right? Mm. So that's when you start to explore other avenues. And that's when you have expendable income. When you're young, you're just trying to get on your feet. Yeah. That's why they're called gentlemen's clubs, I guess, right? Do you all have a a tour planned with any uh, porn stars or anything like that? Um, our next feature in Memphis is Miss Nude World. Uh, her name's Ruby Ryder. She's coming in December 11th and 12th, I think, the Thacker Party Weekend. You going to be at that? Of course I am. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know you were going to be on the road somewhere, one of your thousand clubs. Um, like. I always schedule myself to be home. Yeah. I tell everybody how much of fun it is, and, you know, like, and I'll say, hey, Thacker, can my friend come? He's like, yeah, sure, man. Just yeah. sure. We'll add it to the list or whatever, but, like, you know in years past they didn't, they didn't give a fuck you know like, yeah i think that's why they changed it yeah so well he told me it's like you got to think about like each person is a dollar sign pretty much for like liquor food you know they have to hire security now so i remember because we first went to their first initial party which was on the island it was just like four of us like at his house this is when he first started dating matthew oh, and yeah. then now what it's turned into is something else it's crazy yeah, it's not cheap to put that party on. Oh, no. You know, because like, we kind of learned that when we did Barbecue Fest. Like, we would go to people's tents back in the day, and you didn't think anything up, but then you actually have to put one on, and you see food, liquor, you know. That's a lot of money yeah. that goes into throwing a Building party. Building the structure, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Mike, Mike King was saying that, uh, you know how they used to have that riverfront spot, right? Mm-hmm. Moving forward, like when it goes back to the river, not next year, but the following year, or whenever they do go back to Tommy Park. They're not going back. I thought they are changing the park. That was the whole thing. No, they, they are going back, but not next year because they're still doing re- renovations. Um, but um, they're saying that that spot they had was going to be like 5000 more than what they used to pay, and they were already paying like thirty uh, 4200 extra for bringing a river view. Wow. Yeah, that's just stupid, especially when it's dark most of the time you're there. You can't even see the river. You know, like when people are partying, I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't see the river. Uh, It seems like a waste of money. It should be interesting, this whole music festival at the Liberty Bowl. But see, that's what I'm saying. How are they going to go back? That was the whole uproar about they're putting trees and stuff down there. No, they're making it. They're still going to have Memphis in May Music Fest and Barbie Fest at at Omni Park moving even later on when when it finished being built. Where did you see this at? On that, uh, Jared Price, they were trying to get more parking spots and stuff like that. He's always sharing that kind of stuff on his Facebook. Uh, 
I don't know. I thought that was the thing that they were moving away from like the Utah park altogether. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, yeah. I thought that was the, one of the big deals too. But I haven't been keeping up yeah. with it as much since I moved out. of We Memphis. might have to do some research sometimes. You you will He's have not to. Very <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be back in. Tw- I don't remember what year it was, but it's coming back to Tormley Park because they're not going to completely get rid of it from downtown. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, they talked about putting it on in like several different spots around town, like using the botanic gardens, and then maybe like the Levitt Shell area for certain things mm. and different spots to put it on in different spaces. Oh, okay. That would be kind of cool, I guess. Maybe like a one-off thing. Something like that. I don't know why they'll use a Shoby Farms, though. Like, that's a bunch of empty space. Yeah. And it's like right off the interstate. But I guess the parking probably would be the problem there. Well, they, uh, when, the, when, the they did, yeah, when they did Menfo Fest, what, two years ago? Like, when you come into it, like they were at all this openness. That's where people are parking and stuff. Mm. Yeah, they had you like you got on buses to ride back there, didn't you? Yeah, sort yeah. of. And then they did it this year. Memphis Fest was at um, Botanic Gardens. I love that pyro dome. I never went. No? It looked cool though. It's really cool. The what? Pyro dome. Yeah, that thing. It looked like, like a that. dome, and it's got like fire shooting out the top of oh. it. It reminds me of uh, California Love with Dr. Dre and. Uh, Tupac. We actually fucking... went to see AD play there oh, a couple really? years ago. Yeah, it was super cool. So, Raul, tell us about yourself. Hello. Stop. <laughs> uh, <sighs> That's how I always talk to podcasts with guests. It is a weird <laughs> question to ask somebody. Yeah. Tell us about yourself. Hello. Like, tell me about yourself. My name is Rahul. Um... I'm a Capricorn. I like <laughs> girls with big titties and big butts. I don't know what to say. <laughs> but you want somebody else to say it. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Like, That's an interesting question. Fair. Okay, 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 okay. Fair. I'm trying to get him to learn how to have conversations with people. Okay. Like, because like, I've known him forever, but until I started like listening to this, like having to edit and stuff, I was like, oh, he's not really that interesting sometimes. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like. Like, he was telling me a story the other day, which he's never told on here. And I, I would assume he would have brought it today. The Beetlejuice story. Bitch, you told me this when we were at the strip club. Who else do you know named Beetlejuice? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, So, yeah. So, that was a good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, back in the day, 93X brought Beetlejuice. You know Beetlejuice from House Stern? Uh-huh. They brought Beetlejuice in, to Memphis, right? And we were all at the plush club, and then he's like, we asked him, hey, do you want to go to strip club? And he's like, yeah, 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 let's go. And so he's manager, then all load up, and we end up going there. And he goes, and so one of the girls comes, like, hey, you want to dance? And she was like, okay. And, you know, so his manager and the, the club agreed on, like, a like couple song, whatever it was. I don't remember the exact number, but, dude, they ended up owing, like, what did I say? It was a couple of grand. Yeah, it was like it, it was. ended up being like thirty five hundred. So they come to Twitch, my buddy, looking for the money. Like you know, the bouncer's like, "Hey man, your your guy owes the the dancer thirty five hundred. And he's like, "What? Why are you coming to me with this? I'm not his manager. Like I'm just a radio guy. That you know, we just do a party that host and he hosted." And they're like, "Well, we need to figure this out, man. You know, you guys, you guys need to figure this out because this money's getting paid." Like, you know, she, she she provided a service and, you know, she was back there doing dancings for him and 
And the manager, we don't know where the manager goes. He probably dipped out. Nobody knows where the manager went. So where I'm looking around for him, I mean, you're, y'all, we all remember how big Python was. It wasn't that big. You could either go to the bathroom or you're on the floor, right? And we didn't see him. And um, we got lucky that one of the Sunday night managers, the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday shift manager was actually working that weekend shift for one of the guys that was off. And we knew him and he was able to, he talked to the girl and the girl, they took less money. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, man, it, I mean, what was Beetlejuice doing back there? I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of money, man. <laughs> well, the thing dances. was, she was probably like. Because they were like two for one usually. Yeah, bucks, right? right. So it's probably the, they were probably like, you know what? Let's let's make some money while we're back here. And she tried to charge him a little more, and she was like, fuck it. Yeah, that's a crazy amount of money for him not to be gone for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah, right? And, dude, he was back there 45 minutes, an hour or something like that. And he... They thirty five hundred dollars, dude. We don't know what what the charges were for, but like, was it like Vine songs or like six seconds? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fucking money, man. No, I don't know, but man, that, we almost got beat up that night. I felt it. So, is it hard for you guys to get features? Like, how do you guys get like the porn stars and like the? Oh Miss no, New they World have booking agencies. Like oh, so okay. we sign up with these agencies, and they, you know, they represent these entertainers, and we look through those management teams. What are some of your like best stories, I guess, with people that came through. Uh, I love the midgets. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one that was at Thacker's party? Cassie. Sassy. She's like, Sassy. She's like doing like push-ups and uh-huh. shit or whatever, like Sassy. standing push-ups. There's one uh, tiny Texie. She was just in Starkville, but she's a primordial dwarf. What does that mean? So it means that she looks like a person. You know oh. how a lot of people with dwarfism, I, I think midget is not the technical, yeah, the, the yeah. kind term. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so they, they're they disproportionate. Yeah. She literally looks like a tiny doll. Uh, is she? Does she have dark hair? Uh, I think she changes it between dark and light. I wonder if she's the one that hangs out with that daddy's juiced. What's like, her name? Out in California. Tiny Texie? Yeah, there's a guy named Daddy's Juice, like always has these little people with him. And one of them, like, she's like, I think she has like brown hair and like big eyes. Like she's really pretty. This one? Yeah. Yeah, that's her. That's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. She so a primordial dwarf, there's only like two hundred of them in the world. Oh wow. Yeah. And she has a full size kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? Like God I don't know. bless, man. I don't know what happened. But it's Does she have to have like a C section, I would imagine? I didn't see a scar. I don't know. Oh wow. Yeah, no, the features are always fun. I mean, the porn stars are always great. Sophie D, she's such a sweetheart. Oh. Um, Stormy Daniels was interesting when she came through. That was a that was a fun time. Was that during the whole Donald Trump thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she did a tour and came in, and uh, we had a uh, what's his name Roger Stone there also, uh, which was pretty fun. And then Alexis Texas, of course. You know, everybody loves Alexis Texas. Yeah, you hooked me up. You hooked me up with that one. Yeah, we brought a girl with us that time, and then she had smoked my pen, and she's like, "I thought it was CBD." I'm like, "Why do you think it was CBD?" And then she was like <laughs> freaking out the whole time, and she's like, "I'm ready." To go. I'm like, "It was like the worst experience ever, man." I'd be like, "Yeah, take an Uber." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're only bringing like a ten dollar Uber at that time, but that chick seemed cool. Like she was sitting like right down from where we were at. Mm-hmm. Like she was there with, I guess, her security guy or whatever. Yeah, she definitely comes with security. Yeah. And then I remember my buddy, he kept hitting me up because uh, 
Rochelle, is it name Rochelle? Yeah, Rochelle Ryan. Yeah, he's like, let's go, let's go. And I was like, I don't know. Man. So my first time I met Rochelle, she was down in Starkville for the LSU-Mississippi State game. And uh-huh. I didn't know that Rochelle's thing was to go pick up college boys on campus and take them back and sleep with them. So she's got this, like, <laughs> Pornhub University jacket on. And me and her are walking outside through the tailgating. Bro, I've never seen someone get so much attention. Wow. It was pretty crazy. That's a fetish, I guess. She gave me some chocolates. Oh, my God. Knocked <laughs> me on my ass. Uh, would she ever come back here? Yeah, she's been a couple of times. Mm. Yeah, my buddy, he was really one to see her. For I'll let you guys know the next time she comes oh, through. okay. What else do you have for Stephanie? Nothing much. Is your four questions up? <laughs> yeah, my, it was more than four questions. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to ask her anything as a person. Like, I was talking to a friend of mine that I've known forever at, on Thanksgiving, and I found out stuff I didn't know about him because, you know, like, when you meet people out and about, especially, you really don't want to have real conversations sometimes. Yeah. Like, I didn't know he was an only child and, you know, all this other stuff. So, That's this cool. is the thing, man. You can ask her questions, man. <laughs> go ahead. You go first. No, you ask the questions. I always ask people questions. I don't man. have any questions. Why would you ask her to come on the podcast and then have nothing to ask her? We've been talking this whole time. She's been doing more talking than you have. She's the guest. I'm a talkative person. See? <sighs> Maybe she's a podcast with me. Hey, I'm in. Get rid of him. I got a nice, <laughs> I've got a nice radio voice. I think you'll like it. I like your voice. I like you as a person now. You're really cool. You're, I, I like talking to you. Thank you. You've always, always been nice to us. For real. Yeah. So how did you meet Thacker and them? Because that's how we met you, right? <laughs> it's the, the club. Okay. Um, Thacker, uh, when he first came out, him and Matt first started dating, they would come to Spectrum. Mm. And then um, I lived behind in the apartments behind the club. So uh, me and my girlfriend were outside smoking a blunt one day, and they just, like, rolled up on us like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, he is one of a kind. I remember when I first met that guy, we were downtown at Silly Goose one day, and this buddy of ours is like, hey, do y'all ever want to do a barbecue fest team? And I'm like, sure, we've always talked about this. So he introduces us to Thacker, and we're like, hey, uh, what's your team called? He's like, I don't have a team. He's like, I always just wanted to start one. So then that's how it all kind of started. And then that's when we were like, because we weren't convinced he was not gay. Mm-hmm. It was like, there's no way this guy is gay. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm gay. And then that's when he started dating Matthew, and then... It just snowballed from there. And they're both just handsome as hell, aren't they? Oh, man. They're they're dreamy. (laughs) They are. (laughs) But Thacker's one of those type of people, like, he's just, he gets away with a lot of shit that most people wouldn't get away with. Yeah. Kind of like what you're saying when you can do stuff. Like, he's definitely one of those people. Like, he'll go grab on people, pick people up, and then, like, people just, like, they look at him like, oh, I fell in love. You know? And then when they were going through the baby thing, I was dating a different girl, Mm. and and Matthew really wanted her to be the egg donor. Oh, wow. Like, really? Really. Like they went to the doctor, all kinds of other things. And uh, so we hung out a lot then, too. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. I, their party's going to be interesting. Like, especially I think people are going to be so excited because they didn't have to get to do it last year, you know? Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. Are y'all dressing up? Yeah, I'm thinking though. I'm probably, I don't know. I want to go get a new outfit, but then I'm just like, that's so much work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about maybe wearing my pride jacket, that sequin one that I had on in the party. Oh, okay. It's got like the fucking rainbow on the collar. Yeah. 
That is definitely an Oscar. What is it? Night, what is Night it? at the Oscars. Yeah, it's definitely that kind of. See, yeah. I wanted to do Dumb and Dumber. Remember from the movie? Uh-huh. Like the blue one and the my, my, my plus one over there wouldn't do it with me. <laughs> you could have done it yourself. Uh, what? Oh, what, how, who's gonna be the other person? People like if you're wearing an orange tuxedo, I think people would get it, man. Nah, I don't or a light baby blue one. <laughs> Stephanie, can you find Raul a woman? I mean, I what the fuck a, was that? You supposed to say yes? Was, I, like, I know I love what that look. I don't I, even know what he likes. Breathing. <laughs> a, this is a tall mountain to climb. I know. Are we looking for young, old? Like what are we talking about here? Breathing. Mm. Seriously. <laughs> There's a lot of breathing. <laughs> like anybody that can tolerate him. Is the thing. Good luck with that. I tell him all the time, it's like, you know, you're going to wake up one day and your dick's not going to work. So, like, why are you not trying to pursue women when you can? Because I think that's the thing. Like a lot of people, we only live in the short term and we don't think about we're going to live past a certain time. And that's the thing, too. I've heard also me that a lot of people now are dying alone. Like, especially people like 40, 50, you know, plus, you know, like, so yeah, I think you need to use it before you lose it, man. I always think Raul's getting laid. Like, you, these chicks that you be posting selfies and shit with, we're not doing anything with these girls? No, nah, this is my friends. <laughs> How you get friend zoned every time? I just, well, you one, hang out with them long enough, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. I just need to change my entire me. <laughs> my entire me. Like, uh, <laughs> He really is a good person at heart, but like I said, it's just, I don't know. I think his problem too is like he, some of the girls have known him too long that we're friends with. So I think they only see him a certain way. But then I told him yesterday, I was like, well, get on fucking Tinder and Bumble and start swiping. And he's like, I don't want to pay for it. I'm like, bitch, you got to pay for it because you're not like, I mean, internet dating is the new thing. Like that's how most people are meeting these days. Yeah. You have to pay for it to have more options. And then remember when I didn't play for it, you were like, what are you doing over there? And I was watching this guy play video games on, <laughs> on, on Facebook. And he's oh, like, Jesus. you fucking look at her face. <laughs> I can't. He's like, he's like, you fucking loser, man. You're a lost Watching cause. a guy play video yeah, games. Yeah. It's like you could be like talking to some chicks and you're watching some guy play Zelda or something. It was like an old school video game, too, or something. It's like Mario I have Kart. better luck when we're out of town. I don't know. Just it is with what? With chicks. As far as matches go, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, closing yeah. Oh, the deal? No, 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 just matches and oh. talking and stuff. We're talking about closing the deal, man. That's why you need Stephanie on your side. I do. She's on my side. Maybe she could mentor you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta worry. She'd probably take them off. For you. <laughs> I'm an excellent wingman. She's like, she's like, he's a good guy. Oh wait. <laughs> Have you ever seen The Office? <laughs> yeah, I think um, you need you need a female friend. Because I always tell him, like, whenever Nick and I say anything to him, he thinks we're being mean to him. But it's like, no, nah, we're just trying to help you out, man. Look at Nick's new friend. She's attractive. She is. She's really attractive. And she's really sweet, too. I text Nick after uh, Friendsgiving the other day. I was like, I just got to tell you, man, your girl's cool as shit. Awesome. Yeah, she's really cool. I like her. She was That's a lot day. of little girls. Yeah, yeah, so she has two, and then obviously we know Nick has one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all there sitting on the couch, chilling, watching TV together, and then Nick and I were talking, and it was, it was just it was fun. That could be you one day if you start swiping. I will. As soon as you got to pay for it, man. I'm telling okay, you. Okay, there's a new one that's like hitched or hooked or. Oh, hinge? Hey, yeah. 
See, they've told me about that one, but then you have to, don't you have to comment on the so person's picture So if you like a picture, it doesn't show the person you liked it unless you comment on it or something like that. Like, you can't just swipe. You have to leave a comment. I guess it's more interactive than just being like. Yeah, some I got a friend of mine that uses them frequently. He said he liked that one because it was like, gave you better matches or something mm, like that. Maybe more quality people on there. Maybe there's no bots. But I think if you pay for Bumble and Tender, you're probably not going to have right. as many bots. Yeah, all you got to do is pay for it for like one or two months, bro. You'll be in Done there. on Tinder. Yeah, I mean, you might. Like I said, it's going to be unlimited, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's billions of people in this fucking world. There's somebody for everybody. And especially like you're making these positive changes with your physique. And why not? Definitely. Do that. We try to get them dressed better, too. You know? Like, he was always wearing baggy clothes. I'm like, dude, why are you wearing these baggy clothes, man? Like, I saw he bought a medium shirt the other day. Thank yeah, you. that's because our friend Mark and I had to get on to him about it. <laughs> I mean, who wants to dress like this when they go to the gym? I would rather be like... If you're going to a place where women are going to be at, why would you not put your best foot forward? That's what I always say. True. Like, you're a woman, Stephanie. Like, when you see... Is she? <laughs> you sure? When you see somebody you're attracted to, do you go off of, like... If they look sloppy or something, you're like, oh, yeah, do you like, uh, they probably don't care about themselves, you know? I am conditioned to look at a woman and critique her at this point, right? Yeah. That's what I do for a living. So it's a whole problem. Yeah. I was going to ask you this. Like, say like a girl comes in and she's like, not your old standard. How do you? Like, we'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> does that happen a lot? It does happen quite frequently. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, about 80% of them get hired. Mm. But there's definitely a 20% you're like, oh, Now, are that. there fetish girls? Like, you know, like some guys like bigger girls and stuff. Like, do y'all have that kind of? We do. It takes do. all kinds. Oh. Uh, it's, a, it's a meat market. Mm. You can have pork, chicken, <laughs> beef. It's so funny how like men are so some drawn to certain things. Like you were talking about people like appendages and stuff. Like oh that. yeah, that's like a weird fetish to me for some reason. Like, like why do you like toes? And I mean, people are into all kinds of things. Why are people into spankings? <sighs> I think that's more normal than toes, man. Toes OTK stink. spankings like bend you over my knee oh. and give you a whipping when you're thirty five. Come on, no, man. that that's a little different. <laughs> now that was wild when you said the guy walked around with the fucking leash. He did. That's so crazy. He did. Raul, do you have any weird kinks like that? Like if, like, where's the weirdest thing you're into? I kind of like feet, but not, not like, like you want to do. Do you want to fuck their feet, or do you want like suck their toes and shit? Oh, like I want to sometimes fuck it. Really? Yeah. I've never heard this before. <laughs> See, you're learning something new every day. I definitely suck on toes. Really? Yeah. Well, like when the girl is like losing her feet. To like jerk you off or something like that, right? Oh. You've had a foot job before? A minor one. It was like. It I wasn't, feel like feet can be so rough. Like, do you have to lube? Yeah, that you gotta get like so a, a shitload of. Yeah, there's a shitload of lube too. Oh, yeah. Like, interesting. So Raul's a foot guy. <laughs> to an extent, like to <laughs> a small little extent. Like, do you like painted toenails? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if I were. As far as like toenails, I think white would be like a good color. Yeah. Hmm. What but is yeah, your where's your kink, Tony? <sighs> kink. Oh yeah. 
I've recently gotten really into butt plug stuff. Like, I love putting butt plugs in girls. Okay, yeah. I mean, double penetration is good for everybody. Yeah. And I love putting a thumb in a butt. I'm not really into anal sex itself, but Uh I do like like butt play play like that. Okay. I would imagine anal sex has to feel strange for a guy. Um, Completely different feeling. It's just, you got to worry about the mess. You know, like. Is it messy? Well, I've had, like, one time I was having sex with this girl, and a little poo-poo came out. Stephanie. Oh, goodness. And it's like, you know, it. if you're back there, you know, and they didn't prep, obviously, there's that chance of it happening. Yeah, my gay guy friends always carry douches around with them so they can prep themselves <laughs> up before they go out on a Saturday night. I'm like, this is ridiculous. We can't even go eat a good meal before we fucking go out. Yeah, because, like... Because I know, like, when they talk about porn stars, like, they have to go, like, a whole day without eating. Uh, They have to, like you said, douche. Um, And then you still might have an accident. Hmm. Because I was watching, well, this guy, it was a show called Special. And this guy, he has, like, cerebral palsy. And he's gay. And then he's always bottomed. And then one time he wanted to top with this guy that he was with. And then they were, like, in bed. And he's like, do you want to top? And the guy's like, sure. So he's, like, topping him. And he's like... (laughs) What's that smell? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, is that shit? And the guy's like, yeah, I didn't have time to, you know, clean up beforehand. But but like I said, if you're back there in that area, I mean, what comes out of that area? Yeah. No. You know, so. But yeah, I don't don't know. I I have a super strange fetish about having my nipples sucked on. mm, Definitely. It's like a mommy fetish or something. No, just like, you know, for long periods of time. Do you like clamps too? Mm, Yeah. See, I wonder, do you, so do, are, do you like pain or just in that area? Just in that area, not really pain in general. Oh, okay. What other kind of kinks do you have, Ralph? I mean, I've learned some new no, about that's you. It. Everything else is vanilla, but that. Everything just, is vanilla? Not besides that. I he, like, did, he does want to eat a butt. He hasn't done that yet. I've done that. That could be your 2022 goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'll write that one down. <laughs> eat a butt. I mean, it's like if you're there, it's there, you know? But they do have to be clean. Okay. I don't know if you want to talk about this. We we, we talked about this on the last podcast. If you don't want to, we cut it out. <laughs> but like being a woman, have you ran in? I, I'm pretty sure you have. But how do you deal with smelly vagina? Mm. Like, yeah. do you <laughs> like, do you want to talk about this? Yes or no? You can, We don't have to talk about it on the thing. If not. I mean, I have to be honest to say that. I've never really encountered anything that was repulsive. Mm. I haven't. But so I can't, I don't know that I can speak on that. Cause I know like I, I dated a girl last year that did uh, waxes. Mm-hmm. She waxed women and she was saying like women would come in there and she could tell if they had just left the gym, if they had, you know, been walking around and sitting down all day or oh, whatever. Yeah. But like we played this clip of this guy and he was talking about how like the girl smelled like SeaWorld or something like that. But there are some girls that smell like foul. And like you don't want to be an asshole, it's but a it's just like yeah. But it's like why would you not like I mean I'm a woman obviously, but why would you not try to like wipe down like anytime I'm about to have sex I go in the bathroom and like wipe my ass and my balls like Absolutely. with baby wipes. Yeah, you got to you, know? you do a little pre-washy there, you know? You got to make it fresh. Especially like if you've been at the club and you come home, come on now. No. <laughs> you know? So I was just wondering, like, how does that work with women, like, that are into women? 
Yeah, I haven't actually encountered it. Well, you're lucky. In a bad thing. Yeah, I guess I just. Knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But that was just always one of the things I thought about. Like, how did lesbians deal with that? Yeah. But you would think that they would know, right? You would think. But then you, like, come off like a dickhead for saying stuff like that. I don't know if that's dickish if you're telling them the truth. Because, like I said, I know when my balls smell. Yeah. Maybe it's the way you say it to them. Like. Bitch, put this thing. You don't, you don't want to say like you don't want to say it like that. You know, you're like, hey, um, you know, I got some dude wipes in my thing. <laughs> you want to go use them? Like, I would think like before anybody does something, like either take a shower or at least do like maintenance. Yeah, you know. And then like if it's really really foul, then you probably need to go checked. Yeah. Like they because we looked up with vaginosis. You know, you might vaginosis. have vaginosis. Yeah, you might have like a chemical or like so like pH is yeah. off or something. And that's another thing too about women like. They say, like, a guy can throw her pH off. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you have sex with a new person, you know, then they could cause problems for you, too, like, with bacteria and all that shit. Like, people don't clean their hands properly if they're fingering girls, you know. Mm-hmm. There's lots of sex that we don't get taught in school. And I think that's... And There's a lot people, of life we don't get taught yeah, in school. But then I think that's why a lot of people are so, like... You know, in the dark when it comes to sexual things. and Especially, like, a, they say a lot of women don't want to talk about how they especially with guys what they do and do not like because maybe the guy will make them feel weird about a certain thing and feel less than yeah people are very insecure about what they enjoy sexually yeah interesting all right um it looks like baby boy over here has no more questions (laughs) no i do have a question um no actually i don't i don't remember what it was (laughs) <laughs> what was that? I had it? something brewing, and then I was—I forget what it was. And then it left. Yeah, I guess it wasn't a good one. I saw this TikTok the other day. It was like the guy walks up the stairs, and then he's like, "Why am I up here?" And then his brain is in the other other screen, and he's like, "Tell me what I came over here for." And the brain's like, "Maybe you came here for toast." And he's like, "I didn't come up here for toast. Tell me what I came up here for." And he's like. Well, I'll let you know when you go back downstairs. And he goes downstairs and he's like his phone charger. But I hate that. Like you go like, I do like that where all. is it at? It's in my head. Like where did it go to physically? I know. And it's like there one second and gone the next. Yeah. Like when I'm walking out to my car, my work car, like to get something, I'll forget what I was supposed to get. And I'll walk back in like halfway to where I was going. And I remember. Yeah. Like, Motherfucker. So, Stephanie, we always do this with people. Uh, what is your advice for people? Like Come. in life in general or whatever. Clean your vagina. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Don't be scared of sex at all. Mm. Oh, that's good. Don't be scared of anything about yourself that's sexual. Mm. It is our primal instinct. I definitely agree with that. Because like I said, it's just so stupid how like people are shamed for liking certain things and, you know, not able to talk about with their partner what they like and... Like I said at the beginning, it's to, I honestly believe that's our purpose mm-hmm. is to have sex. You know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I think it's okay. It is scientifically proven that is our purpose. Yeah, like if you're not doing anything like foul or anything like that, as long as both parties are okay with it, I think it should be cool. Yeah, as long as it's consensual. Yeah. Raul, do you have anything else to say? Uh, just a thank you, Stephanie, for coming on today. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right. We love you lots. Bye. Bye.